Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, welcome back to fourth and troll fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we are back with you for a week seven preview. We're going to do a lot on this episode involving breaking down Thursday night football for you, going over some of these Jaguars skill players and some of these Saints not so skill players. We're going to give you a little bit of a week seven look ahead as we give you some studs and duds. It's going to be a fun time. We got some news for you as well. Before we do all that, though, Wes, how's it going? Things are good. Uh, once again, I felt like we were treated to another cursed Amazon Prime Thursday night football and makes me appreciate the really good teams in the NFL. No disrespect, but it's just like, man, some of these offenses are just... I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to say it makes you appreciate the Dolphins offense a lot and how exciting they are constantly. Yeah. Um, I've got one thing to show you. Okay. This is going to be the, this is going to be the coolest thing ever. Okay. So I was recently asked to be a groomsman and uh-huh. I was gifted. I asked if I could share this in the podcast. He said, yes, I was gifted a oh. little box. How cool is that? Just to begin Dude, with, right? Sick. It's so nice, okay? Yeah. So I have to show one of these one of these gifts. So it's got a couple things in here, but the greatest thing of all time is in here. Is it what I think it is? No, it's not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what what <laughs> can you what? can you even believe this? What is going Look on? At this. What what is what I what? I have no idea. He found it on Etsy somehow. I can't quite get the glare right, but I mean, no, dude, we got take it. a look it's at the, this. I, That's just the best thing ever on earth. Yeah, oh, he made me gosh. into a flask. Is that not? I mean, this is the coolest <laughs> ask for a groomsman ever, and I'm yeah. so excited about it. You say yeah, you ended all of this with so like I said no, but I mean you let me keep the box. So. I said no and was, took the gift and ran. Yeah, cool. So it'll be right here for the episode. Nice. I'm so I excited about this. How how are you? Uh I'm good. I also have something to share. If you haven't heard it yet, uh fun fact, I live near a uh I live near an outdoor concert venue near an amphitheater, and tonight they've got country music. Pop superstar Jordan Davis playing, and I don't know who this guy is, but he's he wants everyone in the world to know who he is, how loud he's playing right now. So, hey, if you guys oh, hear yeah. that, feel free to just bop along or anything like that, because it's gonna. I don't know when he's when his set ends, but we'll we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I guess. Comment your favorite Jordan Davis song down below. Yeah, th- thanks, Jordan. We appreciate it. <laughs> thanks. No, I'm doing all right, man. I'm 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 uh I made it through a, uh, a, a another Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, you know, it's if if the whole game had been what the first five minutes and last ten minutes of that game was. Yep. Oh, I would have been on the edge of my seat the whole time. But no, um it was uh it was it was bad. It was a that was a kind of boring. bad game. Just just boring, just uh, exciting, you know. Oh, whoa, okay. Trevor Lawrence, they're driving down the field first drive, okay. Yeah. 
And then you wake up with 10 minutes left and it's like, oh, and then there's more going on. So, I mean, listen, it's we, we made it through. Hopefully some better games on the weekend. I know Sunday Night Football will be a lot of fun and maybe Monday Night Football will be even without Justin Jefferson. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be a fun time. Hey, like I said, we've got a great show for you guys today. A little bit of Thursday Night Football recap, a week seven look ahead, some studs and duds, some vital news for you. But before we jump into all of that, make sure you are following us on all our social media below. Go ahead, give us a follow. Also, while you're down there, subscribe, like, ring that bell. Drop us a comment. Let us know if you had anyone playing on Thursday Night Football, who your stud is going to be as we'll reveal ours to you a little bit later in the episode. Let us know. We always love to hear from you. We love to chat it up, have a fun time in the comments. So make sure we see you down there. It's going to be a good time. Now, let's jump into the news because there are some things to go over, some injuries, some Backfields to break down, some stuff to go over. Wes, hit us with the news. This is in no particular order. This is pretty much as they came during the week. So grab a cup of coffee. Let's go through the news here. Okay, starting back from uh, Ryan Tannehill's uh, injury. High ankle sprain is where the diagnosis has been determined. He will not need surgery, actually. The Titans are on a bye this week, so he has a full extra week to prepare before they make a decision on his week eight status. Right now, we don't know who the quarterback will be to actually start. It could be Malik Willis, but that's still in question. Don't have to decide right now. Julio Jones signed with the Eagles on a one-year deal. Guess who else signed a one-year deal? James Robinson to the Green Bay Packers. Hey, that's pretty cool. All righty. <laughs> So, in Los Angeles, we got to figure out what's going on in the backfield for the Rams. Kyron Williams is expected to miss multiple games. In fact, they're trying to figure out if they're going to put him on IR. Now, their bye week is week 10, so that does also play into effect how long he'll be out if they say IR and he'll come back in week 11. We do know that Ronnie Rivers was placed on IR. So, the Rams signed Daryl Henderson and Miles Gaskin, and they activated Royce Freeman from the practice squad amidst all these injuries. It does still appear that the rookie they drafted, Zach Evans, will be the starter, but we will have to just wait to see exactly how this backfield plays out because Sean McVay may use multiple backs. He may just not run at all and just go to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, but we'll just have to see what it looks like Sunday, get a feel. Stay tuned next episode, and we'll give you our fluker for real on the Rams' backfield and kind of dissect how that snap count works, carry count, all that good stuff. Okay, San Francisco 49ers had three of their greatest players, all more or less pro bowlers, Hall of Famers to most degrees. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Trent Williams are all considered day-to-day. However... The injuries are supposed to be long-term. They could be sustained for the rest of the year, meaning they could actually be game-time decisions. They could have questionable tags. They could have injury reports for the rest of the week and multiple weeks to come. So this is not going to be an easy recovery for all three of them, but regardless, they're still possibly able to play Monday night. Of course, make sure you get a backup just in case because you obviously have to start McCaffrey if he's healthy. Trent Williams is a big, important piece of that offense too. And Debo Samuel, we've already given you our take on him. So either way, I think you should set him. So anyway, okay. Hey, it's official. Colts rookie sensation. 
quarterback. Anthony Richardson will have season-ending injury, which does put Gardner Minshew as the quarterback for the rest of the season for the Indianapolis Colts. Daniel Jones returned to practice on Wednesday, and he's trending in the right direction to play on Sunday. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be any kind of setbacks from his neck injury. Quarterbacks, big situation. The Arizona Cardinals have let Kyler Murray return to practice in his 21-day window, which has been opened up to him. General idea of what that means is that if he is not healthy enough in 21 days, they will call him out for the rest of the year. That is the policy. Now, he is expected to play this year, and he is likely going to have to play this year because what we know is that Jonathan Gannon and the rest of the Cardinals organization need to see how he plays. He has to play for his job. Otherwise, they're going to have to move on. We know that Caleb Williams and Drake May are in the draft, so he's going to have to perform at a high level. So if you have him somewhere on your bench or your IR slot, give it a couple weeks. He might be there for you. Deshaun Watson did not practice Wednesday, but he did practice yesterday on Thursday. Of course, P.J. Walker would probably be the starter if Watson doesn't play this week, but he's trending in the right direction. Jeff Wilson, Dolphins running back, is expected to play for them on Sunday night against the Eagles. Justin Fields, this frustrates me. Justin Fields is still only listed as doubtful, which means that we can't yet put him in our IR slot. And that's so infuriating because we know he's going to miss this week, but there is some optimism about just what his injury looks like because if he's still not entirely ruled out, he could be back in a couple of weeks. He's not going to be an IR. It doesn't appear. Oh yeah. McCole Harden was traded back to Kansas City. Jimmy Garoppolo did not practice Wednesday, and he did not practice on Thursday with his back injury. He is not expected to play this week. Right now, it does feel like Aiden O'Connell could start. We do know Brian Hoyer took over. Still not exactly determined who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Raiders. And last but not least... Devonta Smith is dealing with a hamstring injury, and while he didn't practice Wednesday, he did practice in some on Thursday. He himself said he's going to be just fine for this epic Sunday night showdown between the Dolphins and the Eagles. That is it. Now let's go over our Thursday night recap, Jaguars for Saints, and let me just start by saying, Noah, we kind of hit it out of the park with our must-starts, risky starts, and don't-starts, my friend. Shut up, Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. And he's trying to let us know what he thinks about the news, apparently. I don't know. It's not the time. Yeah. He was doing a little background music. Good yeah, lord. I don't know. He's trying to copy the intro and outro. I don't know. Whatever. Just, just, <laughs> shut up. Thank you. Anyways. <laughs> listen, yeah, Thursday Night Football. Hey, we 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 kind of hit the nail on the head for for these must starts, risky starts, don't starts. It, it kind of we just get rid of this segment. Thursday Night Football is so dumb. Thursday Night Football is so dumb that it was just, it was just throw away. Throw it away. I don't care anymore. Right. But listen, we'll, we'll, we'll run it down. I mean, listen, so the, the Jaguars win 31-24. Fairly boring game for most of the time. And then we got some spike moments and some 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 big drives, some exciting plays, some defensive stops, some defensive touchdowns. It's just, it, just please give us a good Thursday night game. Please, like, I'm just so tired. Yeah. Just so tired of it. It's just, <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. It's just confusing. But listen, hey, yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. My must start was Alvin Kamara. I, guys, I don't know what to say about. 
29.3 fantasy points. There was one Sorry. point where he had he had he had 20.1 fantasy points on nine carries for like 22 yards. But hey, yeah. PPR PPR is something, man. I I it's just 14 targets, 12 catches for 91 yards. He's just so he is so clearly the spearhead of this offense. It, it is so is what it seems. He's just so heavily relied on. Uh, Twenty nine opportunities on Thursday night football. Like just it. Absurd. I, I, I said during the game, and I, I told myself I needed to say it on the podcast. I almost think Alvin Kamara is a buy high candidate right now. Like. Like he's so good that if someone is thinking yeah. like sell high, like it's just like I think you should you should just go get him. Like he has this thirty point ceiling because the team just he's so heavily involved. He is so heavily it's it's pretty yeah. absurd. But twenty nine point three fantasy points, seventeen carries or sixty two yards could have been an even bigger day. He got stuffed like three times at the goal line. What do you think, Jordan? <laughs> did you start Kamara? Did you listen to Noah Jordan? Uh, apparently, hey. apparently he did. He's celebrating. Apparently, that's what it is. It's what I've heard. Yeah. So, uh, finally got to his segment on the show. Is awesome. Yeah, it's just I. I think he's a buy high at this point. Like I, he will continue to be this involved, even with Jamal Williams being involved, even with Kendra Miller getting a little bit of work. Like Kamara, I, I, there were enough plays on Thursday night that I was like. Can we get Jamal Williams off the field? And then it's like, we, and then we start with them, and then we get a 29.3 point game from Kamara. So, listen, awesome way to start yeah. out week seven if you're a Kamara owner. Super exciting stuff. Buy high. It's, he's going to continue to have this kind of, this kind of opportunity for himself. So, amazing. It's exciting stuff. Christian Kirk was your must start West. 19 fantasy points. He, 40-something yard touchdown in that fourth quarter, one of the more exciting plays yeah. in the game. But, hey, he's always got that opportunity to do that. He seems to be up there with Evan Ingram for, for Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets on this team. It's it's pretty awesome, and yeah. it's exciting stuff. If you've got Christian Kirk, you roll him out confidently, and that's exciting to see, you know. I I don't – I'll just move it here. We'll move to risky start because because Calvin Ridley had 1.5 fantasy points, one catch, four targets for five yards. I don't know if I said asked you about it, Wes, or try to get your advice, but like after a couple, after like week three or week four, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about uh, thinking about thinking about selling high on Puka right now and buying low. What about what about like Calvin Ridley? You know, mm-hmm. he's had a few down weeks, but week one showed us he's the top guy, right? My goodness, I'm so glad I did not do that. 1.5 points, one catch, yeah. four targets. Four targets. I mean, what are we what are we doing here? It's it's disappointing to say the <coughs> least. It's it's I don't understand why he isn't more involved. I mean, maybe maybe it's the Marshawn Lattimore coverage that he was experiencing tonight maybe you know Marshawn is a very good corner in the NFL but it's just yet another week where Calvin Ridley isn't being used he isn't involved and he's just not being a part of this offense i i i don't know how confident i am in starting Calvin Ridley if i'm a Calvin Ridley owner at, anymore i i want to use a word 
Because I was thinking about it as I was watching this game. And I started to think about it because this is what we said. It was a risk to start Calvin Ridley. And we listed some other wide receivers that have been performing better and more points per game. I'm going to describe Calvin Ridley as a liability because we expected him to be a league winner. We went into the season with the excitement from this trade to Jacksonville, and we saw what the videos from the social media team were posting, and we read the training camp reports, and we saw what the beat writers were saying, and we heard what the team was saying and glowing about Calvin Ridley, and we saw the preseason games. And we said, great, this is the Calvin Ridley we saw with the Falcons. This is going to be phenomenal. Now, in the real world, fine, okay? They're five and two. They're a good team. But in fantasy, since his great week one game, he's averaging 8.7 points a week. And I consider him a liability because his ceiling feels so great. I feel like we still have yet to see the best Calvin Ridley game, but I don't know how many more single-digit weeks we're going to put up before before it's too late. I, did, I just looked at some of the numbers, and he's he's only led the team in receiving yards twice this season yeah. in, in a game. And he was once fifth in yards for Jacksonville Jaguars receiving yards, fifth in week three. I mean, there's only yeah. like three wide receivers. He was yeah. behind Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne. Yeah. I, I, I can't start him anymore. I can't. I have to forget the name and the potential and just keep rolling out so many other wide receivers. I was going to name one, but really it feels like so many other wide receivers yeah, are a better so option. Options. I mean, I'll just run through it. I mean, go, going into the next – I mean, going into the next week, Wes, I mean, you can start – I mean, this we'll start – pretty broad here and it feels like these are going to be kind of no-brainers here but jacoby myers or calvin ridley jacoby myers yeah uh, christian watson or calvin ridley i'll take a shot on watson yeah he's, he's had double digit points in both his games i mean it hasn't been super pretty but he's he's got a decent floor so far his his teammate romeo dobbs or calvin ridley i i may go with dobbs yeah, I, I think I would go with Dobbs. Uh, I'm <clears throat> Rashi Rice or, or Calvin Ridley. Rashi Rice. Yeah, it's just we're at this point where it's like he. It feels like, and I'm going to take a quote from you, Wes. It's that Calvin Ridley is going to have his first good week on my bench if I, if I have him, or his. I won't say his mm-hmm. first, but his next. His next. Calvin Ridley's next good week will be on my bench. I, I, he's at a point now where it's so up and down. I get you had to start him. It's 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 by Mageddon this week. It's there's so many teams on bye week. You you were running out of <laughs> options. But Calvin Ridley he had to be in your lineup probably. But it's at this point now you probably have a better option on your team. It, it, and it's disappointing. It'd be to tough to guy. trade him too. Yeah, super tough. And it's just yeah, it's disappointing to see from a guy who we drafted in the fifth round. It's it's disappointing, and I'm I'm bummed. I'm bummed big time about his usage big time bum rush on. dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh there's a, there a super bowl winning sack play called for aaron donald uh against the oh against yes. the Bengals. yeah that was a big time <laughs> bum rush on, uh, 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 on uh, green uh. <laughs> yeah yeah there you go 
Uh, okay, <laughs> someone I'm not big time bum rushed by is Evan Ingram. He seems to be a super consistent guy. I mean, he was my risky start because I was, hey, if we don't get Trevor Lawrence, this, this is going to be something that we need to really, really maybe consider here. I don't know what the target share is going to be like. Still get seven targets. That's five catches for 45 yards. He had a couple early on. I thought it might be a big game for him, but it, it feels like this Jaguars offense getting like come out hot and then it kind of gets a little a little lukewarm during during the middle of the game. And then they come back and they do pretty well. So but Evan Ingram, 9.5 fantasy points from your tight end is hey, you're probably happy with that. You know, you're yeah. good job. There you go. Evan Ingram risky start. Good to go. Our don't starts here. Rashid Shahid. <sighs> Uh, so seven point two fantasy points. I'm, but mm-hmm. I, he might be worth like a roster spot. Eight targets is something, and and he, uh, coming off another big week of a big week last week, and then getting eight targets now. I I, I don't. I'm not fully convinced, but it, it probably a name to monitor to see over the next week or two what it kind of looks like here. Yeah, but I'm not fully. I'm not fully bought in. But eight targets is something to 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 turn ahead. At. It's something to notice and take note of. So I, I, I need to see what happens when Derek Carr isn't throwing it 55 times in a game, dude. Because I, uh, <laughs> everyone had an insane amount of targets, dude. Derek Carr's so angry. He's so he's mad. He's kind of mad at being a, he's a so insane. He's so mad, and I, I mean, I get it. Because his fans were booing him from the first drive. Like, the first drive was like a turnover on downs. They punted it away and, like, came off field on the after the third down. And it was like, it was like Jordan Davis if he was bad right now. <laughs> that would be what the the, the audience would be like. Yeah. It was just just echoing boos just in that in that dome. And it was like, it was one drive, guys. Like, what? Like are we that mad about yeah. this? I tweeted about it. I was like, wow, the Saints fans hate Derek Carr, like this is just insane. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, it he he yeah, you're right. He had a ton of targets to a ton of people. So that's definitely something worth worth noting there. Uh 7.2 points. Hope you didn't start him. Michael Thomas, hey, 13.2 fantasy points, and like eleven of them came on a three-play drive. I was just yeah. I, I was so annoyed. I was playing a guy who had Michael Thomas, and I was finally like, oh, thank you. I was like, he'll probably get him the 10 points. That's the floor. So we're probably, I mean, I, I, that's what I'll expect. I'll probably hit that projection there. And then he's like, we're like in like the, the fourth quarter. And it's like, oh man, it's like, all right. Like he, he is, uh, he's, he's not, he's, doing, he's not doing anything. He's getting locked down. This is awesome. Like three plays go by and it's like, oh, well now he has the best game of the season. That's neat. Cool. I was yeah. fully expecting just another touchdown to pile on top of that just to, just because it's me, I thought really. so too. Just what it fe- yeah, just what it felt right. like. I was just so oh, cool. I'm just gonna be gonna be buried from from Thursday night on. But hey, thirteen point two, seven targets, he had three catches for forty two yards. Like we said, two of those catches and like thirty of those yards came on one drive. So it's it's not anything yeah. to get really excited about. But somehow, some way, if you need ten points in your lineup, Michael Thomas will somehow get them to you. It seems like confirmed. So, he is missing consistent this year. He's actually. Hang on, I want to pull up. I want. It's actually really funny because I saw a tweet this week about his yardage, and it's like what he's been at every single week this year, and it's it's pretty absurd because I mean we mentioned it on the last podcast, but 
It really is. He has nearly the same stat line every single week. It's wow. it's 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 crazy. So uh, here's his yardage uh, since week one. So for seven weeks now, here's his yardage. 61 yards, 55 yards, 50 yards, 53 yards, 65 yards, 45 yards, 42 yards. It's just wow. He's going to land you right there. Somehow that's what he does. Former offensive player of the year. There you go. He's, he just gets you. Amazing. 40 to 60 yards, a few catches, and sometimes a touchdown. Who knows? Anyways, we made it through another Thursday night game, you guys. Jordan, feeling good? Feeling good now that we're done with Thursday night. There you go. Uh, just a couple other guys we'll talk about here real quick. We mentioned Jamal Williams is getting opportunities on the field. Five rushes for 14 yards, just 1.4 fantasy points. So his first game back may not have been as much of a workload as they usually want to get him, give him, but it does seem that Alvin Kamara has this job pretty locked up. So that's good there. Chris Olave, Wes, like you said, everyone got so many targets because Derek Carr threw the ball 55 times. 15 targets for Chris Olave, and my Sheesh. goodness, there was some of the lowest quality targets I've like ever seen. There was, <laughs> it was just so, so bad. He gets 12.7 fantasy points, so your your day isn't ruined there. But, man, through three weeks, Chris Olave was, like, lighting it up, and he was, like, a top 12 wide receiver without scoring a touchdown, and he was doing really well. And then just kind of falling off a little bit. I don't know if you, you trade him. You probably keep him in the lineup because, obviously, when you're getting 15 targets – you're obviously doing something and you have some sort of connection with that quarterback. So rolling back out there, the touchdowns will come. His better days will come. So that's exciting stuff. I can't believe I'm saying this. I cannot believe I'm saying this. Okay. Taysom Hill might be like, an every week starter in fantasy again. I, dude, what is going on? What are we? What are we doing here? <laughs> he had like eight targets last week. He has like another five targets this week. Four for fifty, and then he has five carries for eighteen yards and the goal line touchdown there. I mean, like, what a! It seems like his role might be shifting, and like he might be like fantasy relevant on a week to week basis. Like, it's just. 16.8 yep. from a tight end if you threw him in there. Congratulations. Like what it's just it's just so confusing, but I mean it's it he might be in the waiver wire. It's like I don't know. I hate this guy so much. <laughs> I hate, I, <laughs> well, I he, hate Jason Hill. It's he just, could he can be a, a bi-week injury fill-in. That's that's some a yeah. good use of him. Yeah. I think. I just he's getting it feels like he's getting like, like 10 opportunities feels like more than he got any single game last year. And he had at least eight opportunities last week, too. It's just like it's it's another one of these things where it's like maybe with Shahid again. I don't know. Like maybe it's just like this monitor this Do it and again. see what happens. But it's so annoying because nobody like nobody starts him. So just there right. you go. Like it's like it's like, hey. You can, you know, you can direct snap it to Alvin Kamara and have the D, the tackle run ahead of him. Like you know, that, that's cool. a play option for him. Like it's just, you know, whatever. I'm complaining about 30 points from Kamara, but whatever. It's just, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, the Saints were something not special on Thursday night. Uh, last couple here, Travis Etienne, another game of two plus touchdowns, six touchdowns in his last three games. 
not like anything super efficient, but he's getting the looks and he's getting the opportunities to score and it's just, and it's paying off for him. So Travis Etienne owners have a ball. Congratulations. Another 20 plus point week for Travis Etienne. He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad we he's, get a chance to spotlight him because we haven't really, because he, he wasn't scoring. I think he's only scored 30 points once. So it's nice to be able to include him, include him in our hyped up segment, but Gosh, he is winning leagues with the way he's yeah. performing right now. It's absurd. It's it's absurd. I don't really understand what's going on here. Trevor Lawrence, 20.1 fantasy points. <sighs> Saved by that Christian Kirk touchdown, but it wasn't it wasn't a Honestly. great game. A, a great game for rushing for Trevor Lawrence, which is something we didn't expect. It was like, hey, yeah, he's got a bum knee. I personally I didn't start him this week in a league where I had him. I didn't think the matchup was very good. And I was a little worried about the injury. And had he not gotten the touchdown, it like wouldn't have been a great game for him. He was sitting at like nine points for a while. For like a while. Yeah. And then a couple, couple plays, he needs the offense, he needs to kick back into gear. It's a close game. They need to score a touchdown. He figures it out and he gets there. But if you started him, you're probably pretty happy with 20.1. So I mean it's it I, I'm I've got a waiver claim pending. I've got oh, I Hey, I, I just realized that no one will hear what this waiver claim is until tomorrow morning, and it's going to clear tonight after we finish this recording, Wes. So, oh, great. I yeah. got a waiver claim in for Russell Wilson to start this week because that was just the best pivot option I felt like I had. You and I talked about it. I texted you. I said, what do we think here? Russ yeah. has been a better option in fantasy this year as it is. So, uh, you know, you gave me that confidence. I left the left the waiver claim in. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Hey, ch- check in. If you're in my league where I put in the claim in, let you can see if I got him. This is literally this is a this is a message to a very niche market right here. But <laughs> to the eleven of you that are in this league with me, you will know tomorrow. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. Nailed it. Uh listen, there's an football. Let's get through to just regular good games in the week. I don't know who's next week. Not looking forward to it. That's, that's all I got to say. I can't wait till Thanksgiving where we don't have to watch an Amazon Prime broadcast of, of football. Right. But maybe, I don't know, there, there's probably teams. one. There's probably one, but I, I know a few of them are going to be on, a couple of them are going to be on Fox and, and CBS. So I'm just excited for us to not have to deal with that broadcast. Anyways, listen, hey, week seven is here. As I mentioned, it's by Mageddon, by Apocalypse, whatever you oh, guys want to call it. Too many. Big, big names on bye week. People that you got to figure out how you're going to fill in their role on your team. So we had some studs and duds for you. We're going to go into them right now. As a reminder, Wes and I each have one stud and one dud. These are guys that we think are going to exceed expectation. Guys that we think are going to disappoint. And we don't know each other's studs or duds. So this is always going to be now a fun, open, just realization surprise of us having this happen here for week seven and beyond so wes tell me who your week seven stud is me and jordan sorry me and jordan both want yeah for everyone listening there in the phoenix area i want to convince you to start chiefs wide receiver rashi rice he's my stud for the week oh baby (laughs) oh baby so yes we've been on this train for a, a couple weeks now but really it was kind of confirmed um when you mentioned him before and then we kind of went into him as our waiver wire and then we even talked about him 
last episode. Instead of yeah. Jordan Mason, we were saying, look, Jordan Mason is not Christian McCaffrey. He's not going to be the guy. He's not going to do what McCaffrey does. You're not going to get 30 points from him. So let's yeah. look at some other options, some better options. And the way Rashi Rice is playing, he is clearly the number one wide receiver for the Chiefs. Don't even be scared of McCole yeah. Hardman. That's just, that's not, when he was there, we never even started him. Yeah. Uh, Tyree Kill. No, it, it, he was not relevant to the Chiefs. Yeah. So here's a couple of things just to give a little more statistical confidence. They're playing the Chargers, and they are allowing the second most points to wide receivers in the NFL. And depending on your PPR format, if it's half PPR, it's number one. So they are very good for wide receiver matchups. Now, since week three, Rashi Rice has either been first or second in wide receiver targets. All but two games, he's led all wide receivers in receptions. All but three games, he's led all wide receivers in yards. As of right now, he's leading the Chiefs wide receiver room in targets, receptions, and yards, and touchdowns. He is the quadruple crown champion six weeks in for the Chiefs wide receiver core. He's the clear wide receiver one, and I am starting him in the midst of by McGuddon. I've got Garrett Wilson on a bye. Locking him in. I'm feeling pretty good. He's my flex option. I'm excited to see this come to fruition as a bona fide Chiefs starting wide receiver. He is my stud for week seven. Yeah, I, I, I love Rashi Rice so much. And he is a guy that I have on multiple teams. Uh, he's a guy that I definitely <laughs> tried to get in multiple leagues uh, uh, last week when I was telling you the waiver pickup just on. Oh, it was on Tuesday, actually. Tell you the waiver pick up on Tuesday. I said, you know, somebody I had claims in for. Couldn't get him in every league that I wanted to get him in. But he is a guy that I believe needs to be 100% rostered. He's very, very, very good. And one last thing I'll add. Sorry, two things, actually. I have two things to say. Uh, remember last week when we were like, whoa. Brandon Cooks just threw together a 15-point game. That was neat. Cool. Yeah. The, the Chargers allowed that there. That was exciting. So, hey, uh, week one, remember when we watched River Craycraft be, like, fantasy relevant? And we were <laughs> like, yeah, there you go. That's a fun time. No disrespect to Craycraft, but I will say Rashi Rice is probably a little bit better than he is. Hey, listen, it's going to be an exciting time for all of us watching this Chiefs-Chargers game. Last thing I'll say, too, is that think back over the years. The games we have gotten from the Chiefs and the Chargers when they have played each other. They've oh, always man. been games that have been game of the year candidates. You know, we, we, were, we think about Travis Kelsey taking like the, the, the five, six, seven yard in route on in overtime to the house, you know, all the run the yards yep. after catch there. We think about last year, week two, when there was a shootout there in Arrowhead, when Justin Herbert broke his ribs, played through it. Had a fun game there. Listen, it's always been an exciting game. Should be high scoring. Should be a good time here. And I believe Rashi Rice should be locked in the lineups. I 100% agree with you, Wes. Rashi Rice is is a is a stud candidate. I, I it might just become tradition to talk about Rashi Rice on this podcast because it's been like three episodes, four episodes in a row now, and this, I I can't yeah. get enough of this guy. The breakout game is coming. Like the, like the breakout is coming. The 25-point game is coming. And I thought it would be against Denver last week. It was not. It has a chance to be against the Chargers this week. And, hey, maybe it'll be against the, against the Broncos next week when they play them again. So who knows? It'll be, it'll be a fun time. Could Rashi be. Rice, if he's available on your waivers for nothing right now, go grab him. 
please. Just and Justin do it. Justin Herbert plays lights out against Kansas City. So this yeah. I anticipate to be a serious shootout, much to uh Marianne Doe's detriment, the super fan oh, from man. the the Monday night game. Oh, oh man. what a oh, sweetheart. No. What are we doing? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Tell us about I'm your stud. You, who's who's the yeah. person you're rocking? I'm hitting you with my stud here. And it's a guy, listen, it's it goes hand in hand. It's the guy that we've talked about a lot on the show as well here. But I'm by Mageddon week seven. Zay Flowers is absolutely a stud for week seven here. Detroit, the Detroit Lions are allowing at least 13.5 fantasy points to wide receivers over the, each of the last three weeks. Over the last four weeks, Zay Flowers has had a 28% target share in this offense. I expect the run game to struggle from Baltimore against the number one ranked run defense that Detroit has. So the pass game will have to be working there for Lamar Jackson. And when he wants the pass game to work, he looks for Zay Flowers. And it's exciting. Zay Flowers is undoubtedly a week seven stud. And that's who I wanted to hype up here. Get your expectations up there because he is going to blow them out of the water. He got his first touchdown last week. I think he finds the end zone again this week. It's going to be a fun time. Zay Flowers, week seven stud. And the Titans' defense is good enough to put any kind of litmus test to Fluker for real candidates, honestly, the way they're performing, and for Zay Flowers yeah. to continue to grow and develop as the clear wide receiver one. It's a very similar situation with Rasheed Rice because there's a, there's a talented tight end, and the wide receiver is the person that we're both advocating for as our stud. and. Yeah. Zay Flowers, something that you shared with me once, is that he's getting more targets than Mark Andrews. I mean, yeah. he is performing at a high level, and it seems like that he is becoming Lamar Jackson's favorite option on this offense. Yeah. I don't want to say that we need to, you know, sell Mark Andrews at this point, but I'm just trying mm. to prove and 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 deliver the point that Zay Flowers is is pretty much who we thought he was. There's still going to be a huge game to come. I know this and could be this week, but he's he yeah. is an excellent option for all of the teams on a bye this week. I very much like Zay Flowers. Me too. I uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. No more no more things to be said. Tell us who you're not a big fan Ooh. of. AKA your dud, AKA who's going to suck. Yeah. You know who's going to suck <laughs> this week? It's going to be Javante Williams. I have Ooh. seen him in so many starting lineups across all six plus fantasy leagues that I'm in. And I just want to tell all of you, don't, don't start yeah. Javante Williams. I, I, I know, I know we're in a tough spot. Maybe you've got Joe Mixon. Maybe you've got Brees Hall, Tony Pollard. For those that are starting Damian Pierce, I don't know why, but there's that. Yeah. You got Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard and, you know, Derrick Henry, right? There's a lot of good running backs that are out right now. And it's like, well, I mean, he's the starter. I guess I'll roll him out. No, he's not the starter. He's not the starter. That's the thing. Jaleel McLaughlin had more of a snap count and he literally started in their last game. Javante yeah. Williams is not the starter. We can move on from him. He did 35% snap share last week against Kansas City. McLaughlin is the clearest starter. I, I would much, much rather have to roll out McLaughlin than to have to roll out Javante Williams. Do not start 
Javante Williams for this week. Yeah, I I I don't have much to say on top of it. It's it's a un it's a uncertain backfield. It feels like it doesn't seem like it's something that we can have a lot of confidence in, and in nearly anyone. But I have more confidence in Jaleel McLaughlin than I do Javante Williams right now. So it, it's definitely it's something about an undrafted rookie running back who is getting the first snap of games, who's getting more snaps in games than Javante Williams. It's something it's something worth noticing and something worth taking action yeah. over. So Javante Williams is definitely a a dud candidate for Week Seven. I I, I have no I have no notes, no notes. No notes. Okay. Close Jordan? us out. Give us Jordan. Any notes? Any notes? I think he said cry. Is that what he said? Yeah. I think he said cry. I'm not sure what just happened there. Cry? Okay, yeah. Cause he has Javante thanks, Williams buddy. in his lineup. So yeah. he's like, oh no, that makes me cry. All yeah, right. Thanks. Who's your dud thanks, for week seven? Well, I'm going to take you on a little journey. Well, actually, what's let me ask you. Have you ever been to have you ever been to Baltimore? Um I've been to DC on a school trip, so okay. I don't know if I was in the so, area so, so, exactly. Maybe nearby. I mean, I don't know geography whatsoever, so we could just be inflamed in the comments right now. Who knows? So probably. I don't just think it's actually that of, all that close. Just, there's, a, there's a couple of suburbs in Baltimore, and uh, one of them is called Studsville, and that's where Zay Flowers resides. And there's another one called Dudsville, and that is where Gus Edwards resides. Gus Edwards is a week seven dud. No doubt about it. Detroit is giving up the fewest fancy points to running backs this year. In fact, they've given up two rushing touchdowns to running backs all year. All year, that is, they've given up two. Wow. We're in week seven, guys. Week seven, and they give up two rushing touchdowns. Detroit run defense is no joke. They have shut down nearly everyone they have played against. The only person who has had uh, any sort of fancy relevance against them was Kenneth Walker III. Everybody else has been straight-up terrible. It's been so bad. Listen, so Gus Edwards, I know it's by Mageddon. I know it's tough. I know there's not many options. But I will tell you, and I and I join you in doing this, and I urge you to do this. On even on by Mageddon, in leagues where I have Gus Edwards, I'm benching Gus Edwards for guys like the aforementioned Jaleel McLaughlin. And even in one league, I am benching him for Jeff Wilson Jr. That is how how strongly I feel about this, that Gus Edwards will not do anything against this Detroit defense. This game should be close. It should be tight. It should be back and forth offensively. They're going to want to be effective on offense. I expect to see Justice Hill get a higher snap share in this week than I expect Gus Edwards to get. I just It's it's not going to happen for Gus Edwards. I am pivoting to even the most unlikely of names this week if I have Gus Edwards. So Dudsville resident, week seven dud is Gus Edwards. Dutchville resident. I feel like Justice Hill has also been more of the fantasy interesting, more fantasy interesting than Gus Edwards. Yeah, two weeks ago he was definitely it, and then last week it was like it felt like we were back to a split. There was there were leagues that I picked up Justice Hill, so I was like, okay, he seems to be the more fantasy relevant one for the rest of the year. He's definitely got the PPR value here in this offense as far as a running back who could get targets. But as I mentioned, Zay Flowers getting. A lot of targets here. Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, and Odell Beckham, I guess, when they're not picking their nose on the sideline. I don't know. <laughs> who, who knows? Gus Edwards. Week seven, dud. That's just it. I, I, I am starting, starting Jaleel McLaughlin, guys, over. over. Oh, I know this song. 
I think I've heard that song before, guys. That's, I think that's how that one goes. You remember, you oh, that yeah, one? that one. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's a good one. Thanks, Jordan. We're going to close oh. up the show. Hey, listen, that's going to do it for this episode. Week seven in bulk by Mageddon coming this weekend. It's going to be a fun time. Godspeed. It's going to be something that we are trying to figure out with you as we go on here. Listen, before we go, drop in the comments there. Let us know what you think is going on with Calvin Ridley. Did you start Alvin Kamara? How many is he going to get 20 catches on 40 targets for 12 yards next week? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Seems to be the offensive game plan there for the New Orleans Saints. Let us know in the comments as well who your studs and duds are. And while you're down there, subscribe, ring the bell, and also follow us on all our social medias. Again, we are always putting out content for you. We love interacting with you on there. Shoot us messages. Let us know if you have any questions. Start set questions. Comment them on our, on our content. We'll be happy to answer them there. <sighs> Join us on Tuesday for our Week 7 recap of By Mageddon. It's going to be a good time. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been 4th and Troll Fantasy. Shut up! 4th and Troll Fantasy is a production of FQ Media and Selby Artistic Workshop.